You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down, yeah. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host, Greg E. Hill, the Culture Change Agent. Shout out to Laka Shaw, man. The, the, the intro never gets old. Every time I hear I start bouncing. Mm, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. I know it's Friday. I give you the podcast every Thursday. I messed up. Please charge it to my head, not my heart. Arr. So let's get into the show. We gonna we, we we I'm not fluffing you with eight minutes of me just talking on the mic. I ain't DJ Callen. I ain't Funk Master flexing it. You hear my voice for another hour anyway. So I'm gonna say what I got to say outside of. Please make sure you leave a review. If you haven't already, we at like 1.30. We need to get to like 1.50 by the end of the year. So please make sure you leave a review. Next episode, I'll probably be giving some giveaways for those that leave a review so give me some incentive but make sure you leave a review uh follow us on soundcloud share the episodes that you find that you really get something from and thank y'all for for the love on 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 twitter peter dutton uh for love on facebook janelle collins so many others for the twitter love the email love the linkedin love i i really appreciate it i read everything even if i don't respond immediately i read everything and i do not take it for granted when they continue to bring quality episodes from the, the up and coming new wave, because guess what? Even if some of the people you don't know now, I guarantee within the next year, the next two years, next five years, you will know them. And you can say you heard them first on a Minority Trailblazer podcast. And on that note of breaking in new people, the comedy scene is a scene like no other, where every day outside of Kevin Hart, you see new comedy stars pop up on, not Vine anymore, rest in peace, but on Instagram, on Twitter, of just in general, the, the comedy space has grown to a pace where you can find laughter and love and memes and everything all over line. But there's, there's, there's still not a central hub for it. And the man that we have today is building what he likes to dub the ESPN of comedy, of storytelling, of when you want to find info and, and a new scoop on the um, what's going on in the comedy scene, you go to his website. When you want to find a new artist that's breaking into the comedy scene, you go to his website. When you want to find a network, a podcast that deals specifically with comedy, you go to this man's website. And uh, I'm talking about none, none other. I can't release his name because I usually don't release his name until I introduce him to the show. So let me do his bio real quick and then we go get into it. And I guarantee his story of perseverance, his story of the hustles, the many, many hustles he had before he even started ComedyHype.com because that's the name of the website. I mean, the dude woke up every morning at 4 a.m., 
4 a.m. Drove an hour and a half to cut grass before he, while he was working on his website, while he was working on his baby, all this other stuff. That's, that's it's crazy to me. And while in the meantime, his mom is still sending him job applications while he's a full time entrepreneur trying to get the dream on. Like his mom is sending you, you need to go apply to this job. How this hard can that be? You 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 in here grinding, putting in work, putting in work. You got people sending you applications, so don't tell you know moms. They you, you know what they do, but you still love them, but you still persevered and kept pushing out. And now he has a platform and thousands and thousands of followers and thousands and thousands of people that subscribe to his emails and that are hooked online to the network that he, the budding network that he's building. So let me get into his bio. Let me get to the interview because there's a lot of jewels being dropped on it. So he's Atlanta-based entrepreneur. And he first started his, like, his whole journey in the web design at 22. And he has since created a digital platform, which I just mentioned, ComedyHype.com, that focuses solely on comedy and the entertainers who make us laugh. I mean, he credits his early awareness to internet's influence on comedy, to Comedy Hype's mega success, through many sleepless nights and studying HTML coding, which is not fun. He created ComedyHype.com itself into a mobile-friendly platform with the ability to adapt to the ongoing changes of technology. I mean, people are getting most of the laughs online. He said, yo, a platform that can be on the forefront of distribution in the comedy field. Now, as an expert in comedy within a digital space, he also designs, develops, consults, speaks, and writes about building websites for comedians, businesses, and entrepreneurs. He is also a freelance photographer, and no doubt he is a major influencer in the digital space. So, like I tell you, you need your comedy fix. You want to learn more about entrepreneurship in the real talk. This ain't no like, oh, here's the steps to build this. No, 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 no. We're going to talk about the pitfalls. And this is not even, this doesn't just apply to entrepreneurs. This applies to people that want to change the space that they're in. People that want to be minority trailblazers in the space that they're in. People just want to take things to the next level, and this is about to be a phenomenal conversation. So, without further ado, I want to introduce my brother, Jonathan Williams, to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. Welcome to the show. What's up, man? How you doing, Greg? Man, I'm doing phenomenal, man. I'm ready to get right into it. You ready, man? Let's get into it. All right, man. All right. So, first and foremost, you know, and I don't know if I share with you, before every episode, we start to show off with a quote and then we share a story on how they use that quote in their everyday lives. Man, I love that. You know, there's like several different things that gravitate towards me. Mm-hmm. Um, one being trust the process. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's something you've heard here, but that to me is a mantra that like really helps me get through a lot of those those rough times, those battles mm-hmm. that I think a lot of entrepreneurs face. And uh, yeah, trust the process. Another one is marathon. Um, one of my favorite rappers right now is Nipsey Hussle, and he speaks about that a lot. And to me, that's a representation of trusting the process. So, with that being said, though, do you have one particular story of how you use that? Because I know you said everyday life. Because you know, being in, especially online in the digital space, there's always hiccups. There's always something. So, can you share with our audience one story about how you apply that process or those quotes to your everyday life? Man, it's just uh, taking those L's. <laughs> Taking those L's, like to be transparent, I took a recent L with the with the company. You know, we're a digital platform, mm-hmm. so um, of course, like any company, you think about expanding and what else you can do. What's the next move? And one was recently, you know, getting into live shows. That's something I don't have a background in. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a live show. It was actually a roast battle that we did, and we promoted the live show. 
and we thought people were going to show up because we have this, you know, nice following online. Mm -hmm. And due to weather and some other circumstances, you know, it was a no-show type of event. Um, to me, that's a very humbling when you when you experience that, when you see that, even when you have success in a different lane. Um, but I, I had to kind of eat it up and understand it is a process. I don't have background in in live events. Uh, my my thing is that I'm kind of a go getter, mm -hmm. so that means like I don't wait a lot. A lot of entrepreneurs are people who I don't think wait around, right? Because we got up and we said we're gonna make this happen. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't do that a lot of times, and when I do that, I kind of just take the shot without maybe being even prepared to take it. I'm just fearless like that, where I'll just take the shot. And uh, sometimes when you take that shot, you do catch an L. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. say that, and then. You know, to answer your question, I do fall into that. Trust the process and understand that, okay, with that, I did learn some things and I won't approach it, you know, the same way I did the first time. So, Oh, man. So, first of all, thank you for sharing that experience because first, I mean, it's so hard now in this space where you can have a massive following online, but to have that translate is 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 very difficult because I was um, I was talking to a friend. I, I Actually, I want to get there with a podcast. You know about him, Dormtainment. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the one of the guys. He said when they first started, they had a youth their YouTube channel has probably over a million subscribers and whatnot. And he said it was such a grind to fill out a three hundred room show in New York. Like they they promoted for months to right. get a live show. I'm talking about a million subscribers online, and right. it didn't translate. So I think that goes especially as an entrepreneur nowadays. You can have all these followers, but you really have to pinpoint what your strong suit is to kind of get people get that to translate. But could you share with the audience though what is like the the, the one lesson or a couple lessons you learned from that experience? I mean, just from that experience uh -huh. is like you know don't let your success go to your head too. Mm. It's very humbling. Um, like I was saying, you you win in one lane doesn't mean you're gonna win in the next. You still got to go through that process. Yep. Haven't been through any process with live shows. And I'm thinking just because we got a little buzz going online that we can be able to pull it off on a live event. And that's not true because the guy that's promoting your city that's out here, he's the man right now. I'm, I'm sure he went through his process mm -hmm. to kick off his first live show. But can that translate to an Internet website? It's probably the same same way. It probably can't. So everything deserves a process. That's one thing I learned. Um, another thing I learned through that recent experience um, is something that is already known. Uh, the unexpectancy of the game, mm -hmm. you know, some people like uh, I had contenders for it. I looked online, I was on Instagram and one of the gentlemen who was supposed to compete in the event, mm -hmm. instead of sending us an email, he left a comment saying, damn, I wish I could be there. And he was like in another city. So wow. that right there, that changes the shift of the show dynamically, you know, dramatically. Mm -hmm. And you have to be prepared for the unexpected. Um, that's with any entrepreneur, even, even coming to do, um, this interview mm -hmm. to be, to be upfront. Like we, there were set times, mm -hmm. but guess what? It didn't go that way. Yeah. You no. Know? And that's part of the game. And I don't know if whoever jumps into that field has to understand that, that unexpectancy is always around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to speak to that, it's like people yeah. that have been following the podcast know a couple of episodes I've been talking about freaking uh my my face almost exploded. Like I woke up one day and I was like, cool, we got this podcast going out. We doing this. And then for the next week I was at home um healing up and it's like that altered this podcast that altered a lot right. of different things. But as an owner, 
you you just always have to adjust. And it's crazy that you posted that and the guy that was supposed to be there is like, dang, I should be there. It's like, you you looking like, bro, what do you mean? Like, you're a focal point of the event, dog. No, without you, that changes right. everything. Right, right, <laughs> so, right. To get to, but but before we get into comedy hack, because I want to touch on that, okay, let's let's talk about your background and where you come from. Because first, uh, and then segue into this founding of comedy hype. Because are you a comedian? No, not a comedian at all. Yeah, so um, definitely share this story how you got into this this comedy lane and 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 and, and develop this expertise, man. Most definitely. I mean, my started off just a genuine love for comedy, man. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you got a favorite comedian, or the people listening got a favorite comedian, um, and us being minorities. You know, they're going to be people that look like us, mm-hmm. that make us laugh. And I just remember, this is like during the boom of like, like uh, you know, certain platforms were popping up. Your Vlad TVs, your World Stars, those, you know, minority uh, kind of based like platforms were popping up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw the impact of what a website can do for multimedia. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at like Comedy Central to kind of just put it out there, like not seeing nobody that looked like me. Mm. Um, new guys, I want to laugh. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I want not to say that they're not funny, but I want to laugh at. At the time, Earthquake was like my dude, like mm-hmm. Earthquake comedian. Um, and I didn't, and I wasn't seeing his new stuff come out repeatedly, and he wasn't being pushed in my face. And for me, I felt like okay, if we can't impact them on a channel, I can't. It might take me a minute to get an actual channel. Mm-hmm. I know I can get a website. You know, mm. so that was a little bit more accessible. And so that's what we did. And um, I started off as a laughing barrel at first um, to give you more of a background. It started off as a laughing barrel and I was curating. A laughing barrel. What's that? The laughing barrel. Oh, um, OK. Um, it's a play on the laughing barrel. A quick history moment. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that I learned that the slaves used to have to laugh in barrels so that the owner, um, the slave owner would not be able to see them laugh. Um, so yeah, it was like a deep message behind it. And I thought this was something that represented us like, yo, you, we're going to come here for our laughs. Um, so a lot of times I put a lot of urban content, stuff that spoke to me, um, it was a variety of different things. And then through time, it kind of, um, came to become comedyhype.com. Oh man, that's that's dope, man. So before before comedyhype.com though, did you go to mm-hmm. school or or how'd you even get into graphic design? Like what what's your what's your backstory before that? Man, to take it back, I could take it <laughs> to uh, like high school. Uh-huh. I mean I the, the interesting fact is I grew up in Hawaii. For real? Uh, you ain't from the, yeah. you ain't from Georgia? Nah, I I was born in Georgia, but I grew up in Hawaii from the age of what at six years old to the eleventh grade in high school. Oh man. So that that got a lot of my upbringing out there. Um, and definitely was like the only minority kid, mm-hmm. um, black kid coming up. Yeah. Everyone's minority, excuse me, but like only black kid coming up in that school. Mm-hmm. So that was um, part of my life. And then I moved to Birmingham. And then from there, uh, ended up in Atlanta. And the way I got kind of into the Internet stuff was more of I've always been an entrepreneur mm-hmm. in my state. You know, you're trying to create these different things. Honestly, before the Laughing Barrel, there was probably about three to four different other projects. I was like, this is going to be it. <laughs> was it all in, in the online space or was it different things? It was different things. You know, I was, man, like, to, to man, I, I feel like I touched it all. To like, <laughs> like um, at one point, I think I was trying to do like a men's jewelry line. Uh-huh. Um, the vibe was talking about men being kings, you know, something like something on simple terms of men being kings and us being in control of our destiny. 
and I had a whole campaign for it, and I bought boxes, and I did my research. I was making these these men bracelets or, mm-hmm. uh, with crowns on them. I was doing stuff like that. Um, I've always been a uh, in that mind state. Yeah, but great, a lot great. of the work, a lot of the work has been into the on, uh, online space. Um, a lot of that, a lot of my recent projects or my projects after that has been in online space. Man, so quick question on that because I see multiple businesses, multiple businesses. What are some things? How do you pivot though? Because I know sometimes you uh, you, you get started on something. When do you know when it's time to maybe adjust or change lanes? Because it seems like you have a lot of experience in that. Um, when adjust or change lanes, you know you got to be honest with yourself. To be honest with you, uh, you got to know when it's not when it's not hitting. But a lot of times, to kind of um, even be more honest with with it. A lot of the stuff I wasn't being thorough in how I was executing my steps early on. I didn't know the importance of consistency like I do now. Mm-hmm. Back then, I was starting stuff and they were grand ideas, but I wasn't following through. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people uh, miss that point of consistency. A lot of people, if they had consistency mixed into what they're doing and just stay at it every day, it has no choice but to develop and become better. Mm-hmm. That's why I had to take it all the way back. I say trust the process mm-hmm. because the process is a development. So honestly, those ideas weren't bad. I just didn't have that consistency. Um, so, so to kind of answer your question, mm-hmm. uh, what was what's the things or when do I know to what switch it up? Is that what you were asking me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I know switch up, I mean obviously when it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have this mentality of of like. I think if it's a great idea, it's a great idea. And you should be able to, if you consistently work it, I feel like it's going to come to fulfillment. That's just me. Yeah. So no. Comedy Hype might be taking uh, a longer process compared to another platform, but I believe in it so much that I'm willing to be patient and continue to do the work to see this thing fulfill and to the vision I see it becoming. Man, that's huge. And when you first started, let's get into Comedy Hype. You, When you first started ComedyHype.com, was it just you, yourself, or did you already have a team? I mean, this is this 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 goes into it. Um, it was myself. Uh, and then along the way, I ran into a gentleman um, who's now, he's actually my best friend now. Um, his name is Bernard Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I ran into him. I, I met him at a pool party. <laughs> uh-huh. and, I, and I told him, like, yo, man, I'm running this. You know, I told him what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I was getting a little bit of buzz with the website, and I needed help. And um, I reached out to him, and he came on as a partner. Unfortunately, he had to do some some life stuff, mm-hmm. which meant you know he couldn't sacrifice a lot of those hours and times, and he ended up moving to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that process, I had to carry the the platform by itself mm-hmm. um, for most of the, you know for for the remaining of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now, so so now, when you operate the site, is you and you have contributors and and other team, right? Yeah, I have contributors, and and definitely um, the beauty of what you're kind of capturing me now mm-hmm. in, in my transparent state is developing the team part, mm. where you start becoming maybe more of a company. So I have somebody that's going to help with press, right? I never had that before. Mm-hmm. Well, to be a thousand, like. I don't even know how I was able to. Uh, I have someone that even locked in this interview. Right? Yeah, she reached out. I'm like, man, it's so, official over here, so, man. <laughs> so that that's new for me. And that was when the, that was the last couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, now you have people that 
um, our contributors, like you said, in different cities. But that's all a learning process that I'm going through right now. How do I manage these different people uh, to contribute and show passion for something you're passionate about continuously? Mm. So you got to motivate people a little bit. You got to you got to learn how to really treat people, you know, make people feel that they're a part of something. So it's a lot of uh, stuff that I'm learning along the way. And that's that's where you're catching me at right now. Oh, man, that's 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 real. And I can definitely relate 110 percent to that, because even growing out what I'm doing, it is it's cool. Eventually, when you start buzzing a little bit to get people on board and say, hey, I want to do what you do. But to have them consistently want to do that for weeks on end, especially on a digital online space, because it's not like in my perspective now, we don't have I have an office, but I don't have an office for other people. I don't have a convenient place. So in the online space is a little bit even more difficult to really build that community and build that base, man. So I can definitely tip my hat to that. But what's what's in the pipeline for like what is the whole vision for Comedy High? Because I know we talked about a little earlier to bring being that hub of comedy of color or just in general but what what is your vision for like in the future um the vision of comedy hype man i think it's it really terms in terms of espn of comedy mm. you know we're minority based where you mean like you know you see a lot of urban acts but i really feel that what we're doing is innovative for the comedy game in general so the vision is just to be that platform that makes comedy more part of your life um or at least how to organize it to make it a part of your life. So if you want to laugh, you can laugh. If you want to know something about your favorite comedian, you can be able to do that um, through a platform like this. Um, so that's the vision. You wake up and you go to comedyhype.com and you get your laugh. Oh, yeah. Like, so this this is the spot. Like you said, we go to ESPN for that. We go to Two Dope Boys for exclusive. Right. We go to Hot New Hip Hop for this. But right. boom, have this space and, and whatnot. So a uh, question to that too. Uh, actually, before I have, how have you been about developing partnerships? I've seen online, like you mm -hmm. said, y'all buzz is spreading. You have major companies are using, okay, Comedy Hype reports that X, Y, and Z. So how, how have y'all been able to kind of gain that traction and that influence over the last, and y'all only been out since 2011, right? Uh, 2011, yeah, Comedy Hype launched. Yes. Um, the basis of that, to answer that question, how do you lock in these uh, these partnerships? Mm -hmm. It comes down, honestly, due to, uh, I think, a testament of what kind of leader you are. Um, your brand will reflect that. So if you're thorough, I think people can, can see that. Um, if, you, uh, if you do what you're supposed to be doing, I think those type of brands were willing to take a risk with you. Um, if you, you you want me to answer it more technical, like an email type, like no, you don't have to. You don't email. have to do the email, but or, or you could kind of give, um, yeah, a, a little bit more technical, but it don't have to be an email. Okay, I mean, it's it's just more of like, um, you know, what's authentic, what makes sense for your brand. I think honestly, you got to know what value you bring to the table, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, I feel they fail especially I was doing this a lot of early on, you look at it through your lens and your perspective. You see what that company can do for you, but do you see what you can do for that company? Mm. And I don't think a lot of people do that. So a lot of times when I reach out to brands, I know the value that I'm bringing. And, those, and that's when I reach out. That's when I shoot out an email and say, hey, this makes sense. Because I know the win for me, but I have to also show them the win for them as well. And that's how I get a lot of yeses a lot of times by showing them that value early on. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So with all the information you kind of know right now about the game, about comedy and about and about general platform building, what would you would you what would you tell yourself 
if you had, if you walked into a room and you sat down and you was consulting you three years ago? Tell me uh, three years ago, mm-hmm. do what you say you're going to do. Straight like that. Just, just do what you, yeah. Just do what you say you're going to do. I can't even express the importance of that, of of people that goes back into consistency. Mm-hmm. You say you're going to call somebody at this time, call them at this time. You say you're going to email them something, email them something. I've noticed so much of a breakthrough in my own growth of the company because you look at it, it's myself. Um, and definitely I have a team around, but there's a lot of there's a lot of responsibility, and that comes with just being able to do what you say you're gonna do, uh, and following through every step. And that's what I didn't have three years ago, just as strongly as I did now. And even in those projects that I spoke about earlier that I started off with, mm-hmm. you know, you speak about because we all have great ideas. I feel mm-hmm. I don't feel like we. I'm sure you had a multi million dollar idea. Yeah, all, all the time, right? Yep, yep, yep. And you just maybe at one point you maybe play with it and then it follow all the way through. Then you look up on TV and you see this dude selling out the product that you just had in your mind. That you hurts. know, so that yeah, and that's just that's the reality of it. Because I'm sure there's somebody selling uh, those men's braces right now yeah. with pounds on them. <laughs> uh-huh. World, and he's probably doing quite well, but he fought, he fell through. So I think that's how we get rewarded. Um, by by following through, and that's what I would tell myself three years ago. Do what you say you're gonna do, man. That's powerful, man. And my biggest question, uh, question to that is because I know there's a lot of people here that are involved in a lot of different projects, and you, I know you're involved in a lot of different projects in space. So how do you how do you balance between kind of over promising? Because I know you probably have mm-hmm. a lot of requests and emails and stuff heading you every day for somebody need maybe needing something from you now. Like the things tied. Of course, you're still still leveling up, getting better and better. But you also have those people that are trying to get on, trying to get promotions, trying to get this, trying to get that. So how do you balance uh, working on your projects, helping other people out, but making sure that you're not over committing or saying yes too many times? So then, what 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 used to be. Um, Oh, I got you. I'm gonna send this right here. It turns into three days. You send it or whenever. Right. I got two, two, two kind of answers to that. Right. Okay. So one is you gotta know what you gotta know what's for you. Mm-hmm. Right. You gotta know what makes sense. So you gotta know what makes sense to your vision that you have. What are you in this for? Right. And I think about that. So like you said, I got emails with all kind of stuff, but I know, <laughs> uh-huh. I know the vision. So I don't. If it's not, if it doesn't make sense to the vision, I can't even entertain it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Why would we entertain it? And kind of to to transition to that, it's like I'm in the process right now where I'm just like locking down, where I'm not touching more, more than maybe the six projects I might have to really oversee right now mm-hmm. um, that I'm hands on with. And, I, and, and I'm not doing no more than that. And I think you got to be honest with yourself that because you will get stretched out and you will have more ideas. Trust me, my ideas have not stopped. <laughs> I got a bunch more ideas that I'm ready to kick off that I think is just as great as comedy hype, you know, and I'm excited about those. But you got to you got to really stick to your vision and you got to be able to have, I think, some type of discipline as an entrepreneur when it comes to your ideas to say, hey, this is what I believe in. Let's follow through this. Let's execute it and then move on to to maybe some other projects. Man, I like that. That's some, that's some that's some legit, legit, legit advice, man. But I know we talked about early in this show some new some new projects you have coming up for the next couple months specifically. Uh 
Um, and I want you to I want you to share. So what do you have going on over the next couple months that people that are now hip to the comedy hype dot com and the vision that you want to share with the audience? And yeah, I mean, for us, you look at what podcasts are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big industry for podcasts, but more than anything, podcast is definitely rivaling stand up. And this might be kind of an interesting perspective wow, because okay, okay. people people are going to pay to see certain people talk live. Um, to to be honest, how what we're what we're doing to answer your question straight up is that we're going to be getting more involved in podcasts. Mm-hmm. So we're launching a podcast network, which will feature um, probably trying to grow it up to at least eight different channels of wow. premium podcasts where you get to get content from um, creators. Um, weekly. So that's, that's for us. And the reason why I'm aggressive with that is because honestly, I feel like, like I said, podcast is rivaling standup right now where people are paying to see people do live podcasts, even with your podcast. I'm sure as it grows going to be one day, Greg, Greg, I don't know if you do it now, Greg, but you might be like, yo, I want to do a live event. So the following that we have that's listening to this, they can come out and watch this in person. And Due to like what's going on, people are doing that. Mm-hmm. People are paying to see it, and to me, that is becoming the thing that rivals stand up, especially with comedians doing it. Because comedians are talking on stage anyway, as far as their stand up. So now it's 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 a it's an interesting place to see it, and people are down to listen. So pod the podcast network will be the the newest for us, um, and maybe when this comes out, we'll be having a digital a digital cover will be something that will also be released to give us more of a magazine feel. Oh, man. So you say digital cover for the, the website? Cover for the website, for Comedy Hype. So you start seeing comedians on covers uh, uh. You know, with the magazine. And that's something that um has been a part of the vision. That I think we definitely can execute now. It wouldn't, it wouldn't take us long to get that out. So, yeah. Man, that's 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 huge, man. And with that, with that being said, like... What do you do to kind of, because I ask all, especially, I love to hear the answers from people in different spaces. So mm-hmm. what do you do to stay ahead of the curve? Because I know having a podcast network or even thinking about that right now is huge. So what 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 things do you do daily or monthly or how do you stay hip to what's going on? Because you know, as any business, especially when you're starting out, if you can really be hot for a second, but then right. you start seeing doppelgangers. Like even myself. Uh, and I'm not to indict. If you're listening to this podcast, not to indict anybody. I'm all for it because in the day I started this to 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 push people of color that's doing good things. But then a couple months after I launched this, I saw a Trailblazers podcast. I saw the same type. The whole and not to say I'm the first one to have it, but I'm talking even the same name. I'm like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you say? Yeah, yeah to, to kind of even speak on that, there's two things where to even speak on that. <laughs> Uh, go. What was the question? I I want to speak on that though. If no, I, speak. No, yeah, speak on this. Speak on that, bro. I think you going through that dude is a testament of one you're doing something right, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's gonna duplicate duplicate nothing that's whack. So that's one. Second is to combat against that because that used to be my fear. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I used to be like, well, people, other people can do what I'm doing, but you know what? They can't, and that's what makes it special. When they, when you, Greg, I don't care if they got the same name. I don't care if they got the same suit on. Mm-hmm. And they picture like you. <laughs> they can't do it like you. But there's a flavor that you're delivering. You know, and that's something I had to tell myself because I used to be like, man, certain companies got more money. There was times where I got approached by uh by companies early on that were interested to like kind of buy me out in mm-hmm. a sense. Wanted me to do what I was doing for them. And there was a fear of saying, What if I tell them no? 
they got a couple million in the bank. I'm just, you know, a young dude building this out of the house. And one, you know, how do you, you know, like, how do I compete against that? They can do this. They got millions. But guess what, though? To be a testament of that, they haven't came. They haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. And this is years later. And it's not even like being cocky about it. But nobody can do it like you. And I had to tell myself that. And that fear is gone. Like, I, I know nobody, it's a certain flavor that we're all putting out there creatively with our businesses. So it don't matter what it is, nobody can do it like you. Um, back in Hawaii, exposed me to a lot of different perspectives with culture and religion. Um, and I think that's the biggest factor, exposure. Mm-hmm. Expose yourself to different stuff. What, what are you watching? Are you watching the same stuff on TV? Then your mind is going to be limited to the amount of stuff you, you get exposed to. You watching some new stuff. You got the internet now. You can look. You can see how they living in China now. So exposure, I think, is gonna be my is my gift. A market, not my gift, but my key mm. on, on like really kind of being ahead of the curve. Exposure. You see, somebody's doing something that you haven't thought of yet. So won't you try to find that person? Won't you try to see what they're doing and then apply it to what you what you want to accomplish? And I think a lot of times we limit ourselves based on what we expose ourselves to. Are we willing to? My girlfriend gets on me. I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm, my girl gets on me a lot of times because I'm always eating different food when we go out. Uh-huh. And I like that's just who I am. I like to expose and try different things out. And I think a lot. And I think a lot of people don't do that. Uh-huh. I feel like you miss out if you don't expose yourself to uh, you know to different things out here. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I say exposure, man. No, exposure. I, I think that's 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 critical because I mean, even like even in this podcasting space or this blogging space, how mm-hmm. I was able to kind of skip some steps early in the game because I was exposed to people like Michael Hyatt, Mar- Marie Folio, John mm-hmm. Lee Dumas, all these guys that are they're white guys and and white guys and white girls that are are mm-hmm. killing the game. But a lot of times they share blueprints. I'm on their webinars. I attended their conferences. So I know I know about taglines. I know how to drive different mediums and whatnot. And everybody that that uh, that was already in the game before me and now asking reaching out to me for questions, but I've been exposed to their thought process, what they're doing, and now bringing it back to our culture. Cause sometimes it's kind of it's kind of like cheating a little bit because mm-hmm. sometimes our culture, like you said, we are kind of some of us. Not mm-hmm. a lot of these listeners, but some of us are kind of pigeonholed in one way of thinking. So you, like you said, you take that and adapt it, and then it takes off, man. So I like, I love that vision. I love that vision, man. So uh, another, another question though, because I know your background. Like, did you have first of all, did you ever have a, a regular job, or you always been entrepreneur? No, I definitely had my jobs, <laughs> man. Uh, my first job actually was at the Gap. I just got out of high school. It was like maybe two years after that, I was working at the Gap. Um, in Birmingham, and this is when I stayed in Birmingham after moving from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So, the burn moving from Hawaii to Birmingham, that was my first job, um, ever. Uh, let's see. After that, um, we moved to Atlanta, and I did some merchandising at Best Buy. Um, man, to be honest, my most you want one of them grimy stories? Oh, sure. We we all hairs, bro. I, yeah, my most grimy was I was cutting grass at a golf course. I had to wake up at like four o'clock in the morning and drive an hour and a half. And this is when it was like bad for the kid. You know, this is when I was still building the laughing barrel. Mm-hmm. But this is when it was um, it was it was it was a grind. Mm-hmm. I had to get up 
and I and I was staying with a friend at the time, and that was the the quickest employment I had because I needed money. I had just moved back to Atlanta, I think, around then. Mm-hmm. Um, and waking up and cutting grass and learning how to put nice lines into the green. <laughs> wow! Oh, so, and having to get checked on that when it wasn't when it wasn't straight. So, um, that was probably my most grimiest uh, job, just doing that. And I'm always surprised I did that. Yeah, that's humbling. And and while you were still building that business, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still responsibilities, you know. Um, oh, and then I worked at DHL overnight. I had a DHL hustle. So every, I got, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, and that's while you're maintaining and building your product and building your business. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's that that that's a story, man. So how do you deal with the the ups and the downs of being an online, and I don't want to put you in a box, say an online yeah. entrepreneur. I'm not putting you in that box, but just in general, like when your when your baby though is a digital product, how do you deal with? Because some months you might have X coming in for advertising, and you might have these exclusive. You building on this, and then some months may not. The, the traffic kind of dries up a little bit, or things change, and uh, a links change, or your your main driver of what comes to your site. Like say if it's Facebook, then they change their algorithms, or what if it was Instagram, they change. So how do you deal with all those changes and the highs and lows of having your business be kind of online for right now? Hmm. I think it goes back to what I expressed about expect the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a lot of early times when I first started when the website would crash, right? Um, when I say, yeah, when it would crash, when it wouldn't be up, and you'd be like, where the heck is the website that I spent over a hundred yeah. hours on? Where is but that? It hurts so much. You get that call, that see that text, like, yo, I tried to go. You like, what? What? What do you mean? That's 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 me. Like without website, like what am I doing? <laughs> Calling the hosting people, <laughs> like yo, you know, you on phone for about half an hour waiting for an explanation on why the website that I've been working on is not up. Um, so I took those early on, and and that to me just kind of levels me out in a sense of coolness, where it's like, man, I unexpected, unex, you know, I expect the unexpected a lot of times. So I'm kind of always mentally prepared for it. That's how I. So if anything happens, I'm. This is what we play for. This is the game of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there's a, it's, a, it's a give and take, right? We get freedom to be able to be our own bosses. At the same time, you got those responsibility of a boss where you have to deal with different things that come up. Um, so I've always, I'm already mentally in that mind state of, you know, mm-hmm. expect unexpected. Yeah. You, you got any mentors in the game, man, or people that kind of help you with different decisions or people you look up to in this, uh, in this space? Um... Not personally, mm-hmm. and and I wish I could do better at that. Um, to be very honest with you, but I think whoever that is, is gonna they're gonna it's gonna trickle in. It's gonna probably be at the right moment. Mm-hmm. But people that I look up to, I can name. I can name some people. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I'm a big Diddy Diddy fan. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm big on Puff. I don't know if people and and I'm gonna name another person that's kind of controversial at times. Um, but for Puff, I like what he does. I like that he was able to kind of show us what we can do out here and how we can get it and we can still have flavor to it. Because honestly, I want to have flavor as an entrepreneur. I don't, I want to be able to do these respected moves, mm-hmm. but I still want to be the guy that you can go hang out with. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times you don't get to see a lot of that. Like you don't get to see the cool guy who's able to really do some real business too. It's either one or the other. You yeah. might see the guy that's really cool and he ain't got no business sense 
Or you see the guy that's got all the business sense, but he's kind of a square to be around, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So how do you, I want to be kind of the, um, that similar person. And then by non-popular, and we probably got jokes about this, but Damon Dash is someone that I really um, paid attention to much beyond his his popular interviews that have gained a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. You study some stuff, he has some stuff online that you can really look at jewels that he's giving because he's really he's he's you could tell he's very expressive so he's being very transparent in his journey and grind and at one point of having it all and not having it at one point you know it's it's uh those are guys that i kind of study from afar wow uh, and kind of see them and um yeah i mean i study i mean i look at a lot like there's a dude named ozo botan he's a designer Oh yeah, I watched. Oh man, his Netflix, uh, his Netflix documentary is dope. The man, man. a man's story. Yeah, yeah, I'm hip. I'm hip. Tell I'm me hip. about. It. Tell me about it, right? I gotta, I gotta order that again. But like, people like that, I think on into. If I take us back, maybe a question ago when you when I talked about exposure, mm-hmm. I do think it's important to not limit yourself in your field. So I'm studying dudes who are not even in my field a lot of times. So I'm looking at a designer and I'm applying it through my lens. If I'm a tailor of this comedy stuff, how am I cutting it to you and giving it to the customer? Um, I used to study the Chanel brothers. Oh, um, wow. Okay, okay. I never... It's like two brothers. They own Chanel or something like that. Like, don't quote me on it verbatim, but like, <laughs> yeah. there was like two brothers and I used to peep them. And at one point, to be honest, I wasn't even jumping on interviews because they didn't jump on interviews. Mm-hmm. They was like, got this whole mystique and and all this stuff, but... Um, I kind of changed my mind over time and I probably will limit the amount of interviews I do. Um, but definitely when I, I see the importance of people getting a feel of who behind the brand is Mm -hmm. a little bit, they want to know who's who. And that's sometimes I definitely see how it helps. So, um, but yeah, Puff and Damon are those guys that I, I, I study from afar. And I know before before we get into the the rapid fire round real quick, I did I did want to ask a question on that because I know we talked about it earlier and just peeping you a lot of people nowadays are trying to be in front of their businesses and that's that's cool now everybody to be in front in front but I think even researching you you selectively you really are not you really behind the scenes so what what to so what in your what in your head to say okay i know you don't want to first start jumping in front of it because you say you model p diddy and dame but you know p diddy and dame they're they way in front man so what, what's right. your what's your take on that for me points of uh presentation mm-hmm. um the internet allows us definitely to present stuff the way we see it the way we want other people to see it and it's more of a it was more of a strategy mm-hmm. and where it's not about you sometimes as an entrepreneur, which is funny um it's not about you sometimes uh because people just want the product and they want a good product Amen. so like I'm looking at like on my table on my desk right now i got I got a bottle of Jergens lotions. I don't even know who owns Jergens lotions, but I know Jergens lotions is being sold around the world mm-hmm. you know, so just give us a good product. And that's kind of been my mind state. Just give the world a good product. I don't care about that success stuff. And I mean, the famous stuff that doesn't really, that's not me, you know, that's just personally not me. And I think you get, I think more travel, I mean, more trouble attracts that way. If you constantly make yourself a target, you know, so I lay low and I make my moves. 
you know? No, that's that's real because it's crazy. I was listening to a, a church sermon the other day. Actually, this this past Sunday, and the, the pastor said, uh, "The your gift is not for you." And mm-hmm. I was like, I thought about that, and I was like, "That's that's that sounds deep." So I said, "Let me do some research," and I realized he kept talking, kept talking, and I think you hit on the head. Like a lot of times, we get we get it confused that all right, say if my gift is public speaking, because that's what I do full time. I'm a speaker. That's what keeps. My my gift wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't uh take it to the next level, it wouldn't help anybody if I didn't share it with other people. If I didn't was out in there speaking, my gift I can't motivate my dang self. So I gotta be around people. And and I think sometimes, especially now in this space where you have people that kind of do the same things, when people are going to my blog or whatnot, that's my first mistake when I first made the business. A lot of it, a lot of my content I was putting putting out was about myself. So at f- first it was cool, but then it was like, okay, people don't want to continue to come read about that. They want to read about how can they do something. And I was like, hold up. People are coming to me, asking me questions about how to become a speaker or do all this other stuff. And I thought they just want to know about me. There's like, no, Greg. They want to, they, they're looking at what you're doing because they're trying to do the same thing. Mm. And that's when I, that's when I was like, that's when my business model changed. And that's how people can really support you. And, and buy stuff from you, A, but yours, your model might be a little different, but I know in my space it is, and I'm glad you kind of pointed that out because sometimes we get, even asking for support for our friends, like, mm. if my friend says, Greg, I don't want to buy your book, at back in the day, I used to be hurt. I'd be like, man, what you mean you don't want to buy my book? Like, you my boy, but they didn't sign up when they became my friends to support my product. Mm. If that's not helping them in their life, then they shouldn't have to support it. So, um, how, how have you dealt with, uh, like with, with friends and family and, and all do throughout your entrepreneurship experience kind of with that support and that give and take? Cause I know I never talked about it on a podcast, but I was like, I, I don't know why we haven't because that's huge. Dealing with friends and family as you're going through your entrepreneur process. Yeah. Like that's extremely huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, because. You know, you plan, it's, 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 it's kind of crazy. And I think about it often, right? Because uh-huh. let's say everyone that's listening, I'm assuming it's going to be like entrepreneurs. Uh-huh. It's crazy because the same people that might give you resistance as far as family is the same people you're going to ultimately be able to reward with this. Re- it's, it's, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. The same people that's holding you back from that, that might can hold you back from that prize is the same people you ultimately thinking about when I get the prize, I'm going to share it with y'all. Uh-huh. I'm going to spread that wealth. And, um, that gets a little, uh, that gets a, it ha- I have my moments. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. I have my moments where you want your friends or your family, most importantly, a little bit more behind you mm-hmm. than, than you might get it. But I, at the same time, it's been so consistent in, in how it happens. You just understand that's just part of it. And for me, I just know that, man, you know what? I stick to my vision. I'm not going to hold no ill emotions against the friends that didn't support me. I just know they don't know no better. <laughs> so, I just look at it like that way. I don't know no better. Um, because they're going to be right there when you when you do win. Um, uh-huh. But I feel, and, and, and that's fine. I ain't going to hold no grudge. I even think about, you know, like my father, um, you know, to be even more into my story. Like I didn't, see, I saw him uh, at three and he was, the last time I saw him was at three and he was in jail. Wow. Um, so, I think about, you know, those stories when your dad comes back into your life. How do you handle that? He ain't been around. He didn't come back. Mm-hmm. You know? Him and my mother wasn't together, but how do you handle that? And honestly, I would show him love. I would show him love. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too crazy about it where it's like, nah, I can't rock with you. I would show him that love. Um, and, I, and I think that's important 
and when you deal with your friends and family, you just know that they do mean well a lot of times. Mm-hmm. My mother says, tells me stuff all the time. To be to be even more into it, she would as I was doing it, she was sending me job applications. Yeah. <laughs> as I was building my company. And you don't understand how crazy that is as an entrepreneur, because you're mentally in a place of I'm trying to put myself on, and your mom is like throwing doubt at you. It was emails of doubt. Let's call it that. <laughs> emails of doubt. Every application she would forward to me or uh-huh. email me was a blow to my vision or me staying creative and even you know my mom doesn't know my day to day she doesn't know about the moves i'm making but in that process in the early days that would definitely kind of mess up my it would it would mess up my vibe because mm. you're already going through enough and then now your your friends and family are sharing are kind of hinting that hey i don't believe that you're gonna be able to get this done you might want to consider this this job here um selling cell phones you know, yeah. you know, and it's like, nah, and that's, <laughs> that's tough to deal with. So you got to be really mentally strong in this. Um, yeah. You, you got to, you, you become a boss for real. You, yes. you mentally strong and you endure. No, you hit, you hit that on the head. Cause I know even on the opposite end of the spectrum, and I think mm-hmm. we talked about it earlier in the show when you start picking up a little buzz and, and you start picking up a little buzz and people say people from the outside like, oh, snap, it's trying to get on. And then it's like in your head, you know, sometimes, especially when you have an online business or a business where majority of your stuff is, is pushed online, it mm-hmm. takes a while for that buzz to translate into actually revenue and dollars. Like it might take, especially in any, any especially even in the regular comedy, comedy industry, a lot of these comedians, Leslie Jones, 20 years on the, the, the dang circuit and she just now getting off. But people knew about her. People knew she was funny, but it took a while for her to finally get the claim, get the dollars. But now in the social media age, things are kind of advanced. So if you have an online space and they see thousands of followers, they see you're speaking it here, you're doing this, you're doing that, or the projects that you're working on, then sometimes people, family, friends, (laughs) they think you're farther along than maybe you are as far as from a financial standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um I might just be talking to myself, but how do you, <laughs> but how do you, uh, I, I know, but what is, what is your, what is your, how, how do you stay as motivated and as locked in when you're like, at the end of the day, the bottom line still ain't moving, but you know, things are going to, like, things are going to take off soon and you see what's coming and other people do, but sometimes it's not reflective of kind of maybe where you are. Uh, you got to accept the sacrifice. Mm. Um, Man, I can't even express. I'm, 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 I'm pretty much like a zero to a hundred type of dude. So if I'm rocking with it and I see the vision, I go in hard. Mm-hmm. I got a story when I was, I got cut from, uh, like my, I think like my middle school team. Mm-hmm. I got cut and I was so hurt by it because I had really, I put some practice in and I know it was JV. I didn't get the JV team. And I was hurt by it because I was practicing and the coach was seeing me practice over the summer. And I remember just being like, you know what, man, I'm about to put it in and get it and put in some work over the summer again. And I ended up really locking in. And I remember the story being I was dribbling the ball over the summer and the guys that made the basketball team Mm -hmm. were out. I live by like an entertainment place with movie theaters and places to eat and all of that. Mm -hmm. I remember dribbling the ball. Because I was practicing. This is on a Saturday night. 
Mm-hmm. I was dribbling down the sidewalk and I seen the guys that made the team and they were laughing like, yo, what are you doing? Like, you know, like mm-hmm. they out <laughs> kicking it. And here I am going down the, the sidewalk with the basketball. Like, yo, I'm focused. Um, it just came down to remind me of sacrifice. And those are those moments when you have to get past it, when you have to really like sacrifice and understand it takes that. So um, your question was what more of leaning towards? No, that was that was that was kind of answered more so. Um, I think you hit you nailed on the head. Just really embodying, remembering, because sometimes it's, it's easy to remember. Mm-hmm. This there's, there's got to be it has to be some sacrifices made after a couple of years you put it in. It's easy to be like yo you you in your head you're like yo why am I doing this like Greg you remind you it's like when you like when you sign that contract to do X Y Z remind you Greg you signed up for this like right. <laughs> you signed up to go on this entrepreneurship path where it might take a decade or it might take two decades you don't know it's the, and um I was asked about like yo what is my greatest fear mm-hmm. remember that. And you know what? My greatest fear has only been if I'm running in the wrong direction um, because I'm a runner. And what I mean by that is like, yo, you with with entrepreneurship is very unexpected, especially if you're trying to break uh, break ground, which is I feel what we're doing at Comedy Hype. Mm -hmm. We're definitely no one's giving us the blueprint. We're creating that blueprint. So there are going to be people, like you said, with your show that's looking at your podcast that's going to launch a podcast. But you being the innovator that you are, you being the one that's groundbreaking, Greg, you're going to be able to look back at this type of thing and know that what you're doing is that you're running. You're kind of the guy that's leading, leading us through the darkness when it comes to this, mm-hmm. this type of thing. Um, so I, I, I kind of got everywhere with that. But it is about running. Um, my fear is running in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And not running in the right direction, but as an entrepreneur, you have to understand that is a part of it. If you're if you're gonna do something great, you're gonna be the first to do it, and you're gonna have to do it in a different way. So you're gonna be running a lot in darkness. Yeah, the whole the whole time. But I guess that that adds a spice to the spice to the race. You have no choice but to keep going because even when you get to a to that to that that Mount Rushmore, there's still people and, and things trying to come at you, trying to grab it. So you gotta be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you have to be able to want to really run for, you know, you're going to run for it. But like I said, it's, it's very unexpected. You're not going to know who to do. You're not going to have somebody telling you do this, do that. It's the feel process. Trust your instinct. For the people that is listening, trust your instinct. You already know what you need to be doing. Just do it. Mm-hmm. That's all I can simply say is just to do it, you know? Well, so. I know we talked a lot about some of the obstacles and, and some of the challenges face that you face going growing up and then even in the entrepreneurship space. But what has been your your big your proudest moment with in the in, in with, with comedyhype.com thus far? Ooh. Proud, I know it's kinda hard, proud of but that is a hard one. <laughs> I will say a few years ago. Okay. We we do these comedy hype lists where we drop like our hottest comedians, right? To get some buzz for comedians and get people talking about the industry mm-hmm. but one day i had an idea of yo we should do like a round table right where um you know how sway does it on mtv2 at times with hip-hop yeah yeah hip-hop, yeah you got all these people and to me the comedy game's never seen that before and i was like well we have a great list that people talk about and anticipate and i said we need to get it um we need to get it a physical thing to look at at that time 
I didn't have no studio. I didn't even have like a great camera or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But I ended up really um, connecting some dots. And that's something that I'm doing so much better at where I reached out to a company in LA. This is from Atlanta, let I mind you. Mm-hmm. I got my website, right? And I just contacted them in LA. They shot it for us, they edited it. Wow. And then I was able to arrange like different uh, people that, to talk about the comedy game. Um, from all from Atlanta with my cell phone uh-huh. and was able to get these people to speak about it at the studio in L.A. And it was like a grand production that I did from my crib. I produced it uh, at the time. My Bernard was with me. Bernard that I mentioned was was a part of it. Uh-huh. Um, but for the most part, that was all me connecting these dots <sighs> from Atlanta, getting these prestigious people in L.A. to talk about the comedy game in the studio. All off of just communicating and having some value to bring too, to answer that a previous question you asked mm-hmm. and know what value I was bringing to the, to them as well. Um, that to me was a proud moment because it kind of showed me that, dang, Jay, you can really, you can make stuff move out here. Um, man, yeah, that's, that's freaking huge, man. And, um, to that question, I know I, I haven't asked this question the whole time, but I'm, all, I'm always interested to hear nowadays do would you say nowadays it's a little harder to break into the to, to the to the com- the comedy scene because um mm-hmm. i can only see online i mean there's only a handful of comedians that i can especially of color that i can really see and i really don't see too much young young talent so do you want your site to be the precipice of sharing any and all things comedy underground comedy the people that's on top like what what is that first of all the first question is about finding young talent and then the second is what do you want your space to, as far as having a, a space in that, like all all comedy or underground or the mix? Right, right, right. Um, it, you know what's so crazy? Like the internet, uh-huh. the way that comedy hype is approaching is changing as well. Mm. So those different things, at one point, that's what we were at. When we started at the Laughing Barrel, I think it was more of an underground feel mm-hmm. that got a lot of guys into it. As we migrated to comedy hype, now it has more of your headliners, right? Mm-hmm. That has more of the the guys that um that have big names that already have the credits. So we've played in different aspects. Um, and right now, I definitely think it's important to show love to to new generation always because that's important for the culture. Yeah, I think that's important for our industry. Um, even guys that might do it similar as comedy hype. Uh, other there's other platforms that do comedy related content. They're important to win as well. I don't think a lot of people understand that. Like competition is needed. Yeah. I love competition. It's gonna thrive our industry. Um, and we need more outlets. We need more outlets uh, like a comedy hype to be even more to be able to push these new names out there. Um, so so to kind of answer it, yeah, I definitely think it's important to push out these new guys. Um, for our space, we definitely want to do that. We want to break new names. Um, we have the comedy album coming up, Mm -hmm. uh, with Dino Archie. He's in Vancouver. He's from, he's in Vancouver, Canada, originally from Fresno. Um, and hopefully him partnering with our website is going to be able to get him to get him some more, you know, more buzz on his name. Mm -hmm. Um, so we definitely want to break at the same time. We continue on, we want to continue being the leader. Um, in comedy news reporting, and that's just not urban as well, not just urban, mm-hmm. but all around comedy, because you're going to see everyone on our site, um, from Adam Sandler's to Will Ferrell's to Zach Galifianakis, all those dudes. 
um, we we try to cover everybody, but it is an urban based um, platform as well. Man, I like that. I like that. I like that. And it's crazy. I think even I know comedians back in the day are probably hating on some of the comedians now because now you can you can utilize like social media and if you're effective to really get a, a crazy, crazy buzz without really having to go the old route of going, okay, working those clubs, working those clubs, working those clubs. And I've seen guys, and I even, they're comedians, they're funny guys, but they're not even stand-up, and now they're breaking breaking the mold. Like, even my, my one of my growing up, my best friend, uh, Carlos Sanford, Famous Lowe's 32, went okay. from freaking... Just doing doing videos about random videos that black people like whatever, and now he's a half a million subscribers. I mean, half a million follows on um, on Instagram. He's in LA. He's all over the place, and he don't do a lick of stand up. He just create <laughs> funny videos, and now he's him and Brandon Austin. Those guys they're they're taking off, and brands are starting to get around him. So it's crazy how it's changed. Mm-hmm. It changed a lot, um, but that's just. Man, to speak on that, there's so many different ways to look at it mm-hmm. because I am protective of the stand-up game. Okay. Um, I want that to continue to be a place where we can get our laughs from. At the same time, I can't deny the memes that crack us up on a daily basis. <laughs> I can't deny the funny skits that people are making at the crib. And that is part of our comedy. That is part of our laughter. So it, it, I'm, I'm kind of like I want to see the stand-up thing be preserved because I respect it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that we really uh, vouch for. We're, I mean, we're a comedy website. And a lot of times we weren't even, to be honest, we weren't even trying to, we were trying to just stay strictly stand up mm-hmm. and not trying to jump on that bandwagon of, okay, this is the end stuff now. But just to see the consistency of it, this is this is some new form of comedy mm-hmm. that we can't deny, you know, and that's the people have spoken. So um, I'm not sure if I'm answering it. The question, as far as what was your no, you question? yeah, I was just I was just speaking, so you answered. I was just I was just talking in general because I was looking. I was like, yo, this is a whole new wave, and I know it has to in the comedy yeah. industry. These stand up guys are like, yo, what the f- these dudes are in in a year's time getting yeah. getting all these cosigns. Yeah, there's always been beefs, like yeah. right. <laughs> there's always been like um like problems of like uh, comedians. At first, there was a lot of like problems they had about these guys popping up. Out of nowhere, you got veterans that have been in the game for like 16 plus years, you know, driving city to city, you know, sacrificing some real sacrifice, staying in motels. I did an interview with this comedian named T-Ray Sanders. He got shot after his comedy show several times. So, you know, the kid at home that's doing these skits doesn't have to go through that type of route. But at the same time, I got to respect it because, you know, that's the that's what it is. And you know that's what that's the industry that's yeah, where that, we're at right now. I mean, that's just where we at. Yeah. Hey, hey, that is where we're at, man. So as we transition into our, our our last round, the culture change round, man, I got five questions that I'm about to answer, and you can answer them how you want. All right? Okay. All right. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? That the experience is going to teach you. You can't even understand some of that advice you get until you eat, till you're in it. I've gotten stuff and had to replay it like that's what he meant when he told me this. Years later, that's, you know what I'm saying? That's the real man. I'm, I'm, I'm matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm I'm make sure that I quote you when I when I say that. Um, but that's the realest. That's 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 one of the realest responses I've got because that's it. I mean, you can give all the advice to somebody in the world, but if dude's five years old, he gonna be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but it, it really takes those experience. I can give you advice on um, on freaking speaking to elementary middle school kids. If you don't speak to elementary middle school kids now, then it don't matter. Right. So that's real. Right. That's real. Who is your favorite comedian and why? Favorite comedian. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna- Okay. Yeah, I had to put. Can I can I even ask that question? Because you have a, you're a comedy site. Can you can you answer that? No, I can't. I mean, um, I want to even. I don't want to be all political either. Uh-huh. Who really who really got me? And I don't want to give you no cliche stuff, man. <laughs> man, who got me really? Man, I don't. Man, I don't like you for this. <laughs> Cause I know everybody's listening. What is he gonna say? What is he gonna say? <laughs> the comedy guy, like what is it? Yeah, the comedy guy, man. Dang, man. You know what? I'm gonna go with a. Uh, I got a collective, but I'll just go with a guy that's not with us anymore. That's Patrice O'Neill. Ooh, who's uh, that? Patrice O'Neill. He did a his last special. Um, was uh, Elephant in the Room. He passed away a couple years ago. Um, big dude. He's got a. He's got a. You should definitely, if you haven't heard of Patrice, for those that are listening yourself, Greg, mm-hmm. definitely Google him. Um, very raw, very honest. I think he definitely. I say him because I feel like he was on his way when he passed away. Um, from like you know, like I believe it was a heart attack, a stroke of some sort. Um, yeah, he's kind of like to me like a biggie, in a sense. You know, you know, we all know the greats already, but like Biggie mm-hmm. was great because he kind of passed away during the plight mm. patrice was finally getting that look and that love and he ended up uh, passing away so people that that definitely patrice o'neill i would have to say um for that oh, um, yeah. I, know. I, just, I just i just pulled up his name i know his face i remember seeing him on tv yeah he used to do a lot of stuff and he used to do uh vh1 stuff a lot but i didn't get really become a big fan actually until like he passed which is always crazy when you really value and you really pay people more attention when they're no longer with us mm-hmm. but yeah he's got all he's he, he definitely it would have been exciting to see what he would have become um man. that's real that's real man so uh what is your favorite movie or book and why favorite movie and book okay okay movie movie book 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 i'm gonna jump into a movie mm-hmm favorite movie would have to be uh benjamin button right now that's my most favorite recent movie uh-huh um and why uh if you peep that movie he had multiple lives um he was living through different lenses and i like that that aspect of being able to experience this one life through different lenses and seeing it through different perspectives and i really uh i've always gravitated towards that movie just a storyline of this dude on a life quest, his own journey, um, being old and then living young and then, you know, working on a boat to chasing this young woman across the world that he was in love with. And man, that put life in perspective for me of just the, the journeys that we're, we're all on. So, yeah, nah, that's that's deep, um, dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I got to answer the book thing, too. Nah, you nah, you I, I, I meant to say or so you good. Um, unless you had a book that just jumped in your mind. Um, a book that jumped in my mind, dude, I do nah. <laughs> Cause I, and it goes back into this experience thing. Like I'm big on that. You know, I'm big on the experience aspect. 
of everything. So I used to read a lot of entrepreneur. I used to read a lot of entrepreneur books, mm-hmm. but I it's not it didn't speak to me as strong as it did with me jumping out there. Yeah. So. Nah, that's real. And plus, you, you can get, you can spend, and plus, those books are seductive because they make you think like you're making progress. Like, I just read a Warren <laughs> Buffett's, I just read Steve Jobs. Like, I'm inspired. And then you just keep reading them, keep reading them, keep reading them. And it's like, you're not creating nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and our last two is uh, what inspires you the most and keeps you motivated? <sighs> what inspired me the most and keeps me motivated? Man, why do you, so pretty much why do I do this? Yeah. Honestly, I think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm in and, and entrepreneurs will the listening will understand with that statement. Um uh I'm inspired by the possibilities, man. I'm a visionary, I'm a dreamer. So I've already seen the life that I want and mentally I'm there a lot of times. I think that's another jewel of playing the game on the level that you already see yourself as. So a lot of times I, I play on that level. So I already think about I got the the yacht or I can travel and I could see the different things and my life's my life is the way I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's just that in your spirit. Like I believe Puff got this thing on YouTube when he talks about this. It's, if you Google it, it's called like uh, Diddy Black and White. But he just broke down talking about believing believe in your heart you believe do you really believe in your heart that you're gonna be able to do this whatever it is you're gonna do and and i can relate to that you know i believe in my heart dog you know how much stuff we go through you know even yourself Mm -hmm. with the accident you believe in your heart that yo what i'm doing is right because you could have been like well that was that was the final blow i'm good Mm -hmm. i need to chill out and, and figure something else you know that could have discouraged you but the fact you hear what about two weeks later, you look like you was doing some stuff before that, mm-hmm. you know, that you back at it. You believe in your heart. And, and that's where I'm at. I believed uh, I'm already there. I'm mm-hmm. already on at the crib. <laughs> I love that, man. I love that. So and the last question around, man, this is like a, if you were the president of the United States, what is the first thing you would do? Um, that would be empowering others. That would be making other people giving other people a sense of pride within themselves i think a lot can be a lot can be uh, a lot of bad stuff that happens could kind of switch if people really had pride within themselves and how they felt especially us as minorities I, I i look to one day really make us feel good about who we are and hopefully people like yourself people like myself that's out here moving and grooving and gonna really shift things mm-hmm. And make other people that see us, the young, the youngins coming up can mm-hmm. see us and be like, damn, I could be like, I could be like Greg, you know, and then seeing that and you can be like a real life superhero to them. So, you know, for us, uh, that to me is what I would do as a president. I would educate people on who they are, teach them, you know, their possibilities and what they're capable of and, and keep them inspired. So that's what I would do with my power. Oh, man. I love that answer. Love that answer, man. And to wrap it all up, I call myself the code to change agent. And I always try to ask at every end of the show, our last question of every single show is if you could change one thing about society, uh, most specifically our African-American culture, what would it be and why? Man, the answer I gave you. Yep. This I, would, uh, I would I would I would give more knowledge of self more more of us uh 
of really knowing what we're capable of, giving us a sense of pride that we African Americans, we dope. Straight up. Straight That's up. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we dope. And we can't keep we can't let nobody persuade us about that. And you gotta be able to see with your eyes now. The Olympics just ended this year, and you saw us out there dominating on a world standpoints. You look at us doing all these great things, you can't deny us from our greatness. You know, and so I want us as as a people to know that how great we are. And then that with that greatness, we don't do certain things. We're kings, we're queens, as they say, right? Kings and queens don't do certain activities. So the bull crap that ain't uplifting us, mm-hmm. that's beneath you, dog. Don't even do that. Leave that crap alone. You know? And then all the other stuff, and we want respect from these other uh, people, they're going to give it to us because they got to see it because we out here really doing a great job. So I want us to I want us to focus more on um, the, our greatness. That's it. We great. You great. You listening. You great. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, <laughs> that's, man. That's, that's black or white, too. Yep, because I. Like, it's, mm-hmm. While well, minorities listen, you're great. Take that. Take that, man. So, hey, man, I tell you, it's been it's been a phenomenal, phenomenal interview, man. Sharing your story, sharing a lot of stuff, man. We talked about a lot of great things, man. So, for our audience and anybody else that want to hear more about comedyhype.com or know more about the upcoming projects, what you got shaking, where can they find you at, man? Um, we'll definitely go to the main hub, mm-hmm. ComedyHype.com. Um, we're on Twitter at ComedyHype underscore. Uh, personally, for myself, I have an Instagram account. Uh, it's at JWill underscore Knight, as in K-N-I-G-H-T. Um, as far as that, we're on Facebook and you know, pretty much everywhere else um, the World Wide Web has to offer. Amen. Amen. So guys, go ahead and make sure we'll have it all have all those links in the show notes. But make sure you go check out comedyhype.com. They got the podcast network popping off. They got the album launch. They got everything comedy that you want to have. You want to get your laugh in. You want to know what's what's the new on in the comedic sphere. Make sure you go check it out like that. So without further ado, Minority Trailblazing Nation, we want to say thank you for coming on the show. Most definitely. Most definitely. Thank you for having me. And that's a wrap. Thank you, Minority Trailblazer Nation, for tuning in for another episode of the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. You already know what I need you to do. First, if you're listening all the way through, please make sure you leave a review on iTunes. Please make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, share with a friend, and I pray that you enjoyed the episode. I look forward for you tuning in next week. And as always, I need you to do one thing and one thing only outside leaving a review. That's change the freaking culture. Good night.